Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to Music in My Life with me, Laura Wright. It's the show where we talk about the music we love so much, our relationship with that music and the role it plays in our life. What is it about music that taps into our emotions and why does it make us feel a certain way? This week, we have a guest who is an award-winning portrait and documentary photographer. Laura Lewis shoots on film and digital, and her work includes advertising, editorial, arts, and activism. Laura's natural style, I'm not talking about myself, <laughs> lends itself to shooting stories and people, and she is enjoys creating work where portraiture meets documentary. Laura's work has been used in countless exhibitions and books, but to name just a couple of her achievements over the years, back in 2018, she was the winner of the Portrait of Britain, which was part of the British Journal of Photography. And in 2016, she was awarded the best in category in the open series by the Association of Photographers. And there's many, many more achievements and accolades that she has uh, added to her success over the years, but they're just a couple. I know Laura through our work and when our paths have crossed and she has this amazing aura. She's an incredible person. You're so kind and giving with your time. And I imagine that must be part of your job. But what an amazing world to be part of. So welcome to the podcast. And thanks for being part of Music in My Life. Tell me perhaps a little bit more about your job and how it's been for you over the last sort of 18 months or so. Oh, thank you. That's such a lovely introduction. Thanks for asking me along. I mean, yeah, a few minutes ago when I was asking my partner to hurry up and leave the house, that was not kindness. <laughs> so sometimes I'm not the most kind. Um, yeah, no, it's nice to be asked to do this. Thank you. Um, and yeah, my work, I'm a photographer. Yeah, you do end up listening a lot. Um, and I think maybe, I don't know, I've always been a always been good at listening at music listening to music always love listening to music and I suppose listening is part of my job and I don't think I realized that when I first started photographing um I sort of had visions of like you know being like you know the rock and roll photographer like David Bailey just coming in and taking and actually that the longer I do it the more I realize I'm just kind of you know I'm there to sort of absorb and listen and try and it's a collaboration um which is why, yeah, when I work with music people, it's really wonderful because you get to sort of, you're privy to a lot of stuff that, you know, recordings before they come out or like the recording process or, you know, live concerts. And yeah, it all works together really nicely. Um, and yeah, you do have to listen a lot. <laughs> and how, how did you find photography? Like, I mean, I don't know this, so, and I'm sure people would love to know, you know, how did you come to fall in love with photography was it something you knew you always wanted to do or is it something you kind of found along the way 
Yeah, I think I've always enjoyed it. When I was really young, like one of the cameras that I use actually is my was my dad's camera. Um, and when I was really, like there was always just a camera around. And my dad's a really good photographer and he would just, you know, take sort of family pictures. Um, and when I was a bit older, my mum gave me a sort of point and shoot, you know, like the 35 mil from Jessup's. And I was always taking like, you know, pretty crappy, but like, you know, it was fun to me, pictures and then the excitement of going to get them developed. And then I went to art school and um, I was lucky enough to do uh, Erasmus, which is where you do, did an exchange with a, a European country. Yes. In, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Did you do that, that as well? I wanted to. I always wanted to do it. And I was so kind of envious of people who got the opportunity. It's such a great idea, I think. Yeah, no, it was wonderful. I loved it. And um, we got to go to Portugal. I got to go to Portugal and I lived with another English girl. And she basically taught me um, how to use a camera. And I just got really interested in like live photography of like gigs and sort of we went to some dance events, I think. And I was just really interested. And we spent all day sort of swanning around Lisbon <laughs> or in the dark room. And then we'd go out at night and just go to parties and stuff. But it was a really good way to get into photography because you managed to hide in a dark room when you were really hungover uh, during the day <laughs> back when I used to drink a lot. So, um yeah, that's how I got into it. And then, yeah, just further down the line, I started working in music videos at record labels and that sort of gave me really good access to musicians and I built my portfolio and went to night school, taught myself a bunch of stuff and then got to the point where I just thought, well, if I don't give it a try now um, and I haven't totally messed it up yet. <laughs> it's still time. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, yeah. And I love the fact that so much of it as well, like you say, is you learning because it's just something you're passionate about. And that's, you know, that's how I fell into singing as well. And it's such a gorgeous way to find your sort of path in life and also really inspiring for other people, I think, to know that if they find something that they're interested in, they can get to, you know, get so, so far as well and really learn their craft themselves and just through kind of I guess being being interested, being um, yeah, just just kind of wanting to learn more. I find that really, I think it's really inspiring for others to hear that, especially at the moment. Which I guess makes me want to ask you. You know, it's the the question that everyone will ask at the moment. But how how has it been? In you know, we're both in the arts. Um, how's it been for you over the past year or so? It's been it's been odd. Um, it's been interesting. Um, I mean, yeah. So all sort of commercial photography was stopped from March which is you know in March 2020 and, and everyone had to down tools for a while just like you guys in the music industry ha have had to and are still doing to some extent um I think we were lucky in photography production that um I think it was from about July we were allowed to start doing business to business stuff again so since about August I've been working again but you have to learn to do things in different ways you know I was doing a big sort of theatre shoot the other week and we all had to go and get a really annoying you know coronavirus test before we could even begin the shoot and so we had to go and go to a nurse who had to stick something up our nose a really far away I didn't think that you could go that far up somebody's <laughs> nose you can they did um, <laughs> and and that was never part of photography production you know unless something had gone really wrong yeah um, <laughs> Um, and think you know wearing masks and all that and social distancing so we've had to adapt just like everybody else um, and I think it was nice in some ways during the downtime that we got um, like you I've got a toddler so that has had 
you know, its challenges throughout the last year, keeping some a small person entertained. But, you know, I've had no real major hardships, so I've been one of the lucky ones, really. But, yeah, photography has, has adapted, um, but it's still the same thing. And, and actually, I've been some of the most joyful moments I've had in the last year have been when I've been allowed to sort of do shoots again and just getting back in, you know, back on the saddle kind of thing and just getting back in there. It's been wonderful to connect with people again. Um, yeah, it's been odd. We've adapted. It's okay. It's my succinct. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no, completely. I think you've put it so well there, and and I agree. Actually, some of the most recent things I've done, or even things I've done virtually and not in you know real life with people, have been some of the most wonderful things. And I think everyone is you know really now ready to experience so much and to, so ready. To, be, yeah, <laughs> yeah, to be with other people to be sociable to just live you know and I think we've forgotten and actually that's one silver lining for me anyway about this whole thing is that I really want to live now I really want to have those experiences and and I think I think you can we've all been guilty in the past I think especially if you live in a in a fast-paced world you know where work takes up your entire life and like you say you know trying to keep a toddler busy as you are your daughter's a little bit older than mine and I can't imagine how busy that must have kept you you know kept you both but also like the the silver linings of the fact that you've got all this time as well with your with your daughter that you like probably wouldn't have had that right yeah it's been such a double-edged sword like you know one minute you're like how am I ever going to get through this and the other you know the next minute you're like it's really nice that we just sat out in the garden today so yeah I think it has it sounds like a bit of a cliche now that we're sort of a year in but it it has taught me a lot about what's important and it's and a bit of a perspective check or a big perspective checker however now that things are sort of happening again I can really easily flip back into that kind of must make work must make work must you know and it's amazing how we go from like oh yeah this has taught me so much to like I'm so busy. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's trying to sort of keep yourself in check in terms of, um, what's the word balance there we go I think also I think probably the curse of the self-employed potentially and or people in our as I say in our line of work as well you feel that you have to be busy and then you know actually as if it's something creative you can't ever be too busy because it doesn't allow the space for that you know creativity and for the right thing to happen but and I you know I mentioned earlier of course as well that that music is really important to you but I ask all my guests this and it is it's a big question you don't have to sort of answer it fully but in your life you know presumably music has it always been there or has it been something that has marked certain occasions or I mean have you not thought about it before perhaps oh no I thought knowing I was going to do this I did sort of have it I I don't think I'd realize until you asked me to do this podcast how much music had shaped my life and then I just realized actually from day dot music has you know it's not just punctuated my life it has actually you know steered me at times um and yeah from the very get-go just I just grew up in a house where there was music all the time all the time like my dad absolutely classical nut and I grew up listening to you know whenever there was a car journey we were listening to classic fm we were listening to radio three he taught me a lot you know his favorite classical composer was Mozart I've been to many you know, operas as a, as a small child and then, you know, listening to Radio 1 and pop music and Top of the Pops and getting into music when I was, like, really getting into it when I was a teenager. It's just always been that I was in bands, 
I was. You Were know, you? Oh my god! Tell me about that. What? What? Did you find <laughs> They're not good. They're not good. They were fine. Um, yeah. Well, I just I learned to play in a couple of instruments. I did piano lessons when I was younger, and then then I was the, the difficulty was my piano teacher lived over the road from us, so I'm really bad at practicing. Like I'm not good at doing homework, and. I admire anyone, including yourself, who can like practice the same piece over and over. I think the reason I became a photographer is I've got a short attention span. So I like to take a picture, move on, take a picture, move on. <laughs> Whereas like, you know, repeating something over and over, I find that very hard. And um, my, yeah, my piano teacher lived over the road. So when I tried to forget my books on purpose to go to my piano lesson, she just sent me back to the house and said, yeah. just get them. I missed the bus numerous times on purpose, but I still had to still do piano lessons. And then <laughs> I got to the eight, I got to fourteen, and I was like, "Mum, I'm done with piano. I want to learn the bass guitar." So I learned the bass guitar. Um, so through that, I just got into sort of you know, I was in some bands in high school, and then another band uh, for a few years. And you know, we had you know a bit of success here and there and it was a lovely thing to do because we got to record music and spend time in a recording studio and it taught me a lot about music I didn't know so um and I worked in record shops I used to work in I used to work in a, a record shop in Norwich called Andy's Records and I used to work in HMV and I was a bit of a music snob for a while I was very blinkered like and, and then what happens with age and I don't know acceptance is that your blinkers come off and you realize actually there's there's more out there and yeah my partner is a musician we met through music and photography um I did some photography work with him so yeah it's always been there and it's punctuated many sort of pleasant and really nasty moments of my life like it's always it's always been like a sort of friend that you can turn to with everything there's always a there's a song for everything out there which which is helpful especially for the last year <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's such a as a perfect way of putting it. I always say to people, you know, if a song makes them really sad or emotional, I'm like, yeah, but it's okay, because you can kind of be in that moment for however long the song is. And then you can sort of almost use it to sort of bookend and close the door and be like, okay, you know, that's the song where I remember after my grandpa died, it was, wasn't even a song that I associated with him, but it just made me feel really emotional. And so I almost kind of got a little bit addicted to listening to it. because I was like, it allows me to sort of be in that place and to be really sad. And then when it's finished, I'm like, okay, you know, let's let's get on with things now and no, it really it allows you to feel your feelings like when I was younger I had no emotional language but I could tell you if there was a chord like in a song or like a lyric that's how I kind of I think that's how you recognize when you're young how you're feeling to start off with yeah um, yeah definitely. It's amazing definitely okay so let's talk about um let's jump in with your first music choice so this is a song about a love so you're you know you can tell me about this but we kind of um, put this question forward as it could it could be romantic love it could be any kind of love um, so you've chosen one of the greatest artists I think there's ever been one of the greatest songs I mean just amazing and when I listened to this when I knew you'd chosen it I went down the rabbit hole of Joni Mitchell for hours <laughs> um, but tell me about this tell me about it and tell me what it means to you personally okay so I chose for a song about love I chose Joni Mitchell all I want it was really hard because actually what I wanted to do was choose the entire album Blue by Joni Mitchell because that is the sort of the piece of work. But let's all I want is the opening track. And what can I say? This album, this song, 
encompasses so much about love like and Joni Mitchell in the album Blue just writes so articulately um, it's actually given me tingles thinking about how well she talks about love this album oh god I was going through the worst time I was 19 years old I was trying to break up with somebody it was going badly I was destructive my life was a mess it was chaotic and actually the person I was trying to break up with said you should listen to Joni Mitchell Blue and I was like, don't you tell me what you're listening to. Um, and I listened to it. And I, I couldn't understand how someone had written something so eloquent about all the different elements of love. And the album, oh, it's a real roller coaster. It's about how it makes you feel joyful, but a lot how love is messy and hard and very imperfect and can be really destructive and breakups are the worst thing and yet when you are in love it is the best thing and how can these two things exist at the same you know there's so many she talks about the kind of the parities that the, oh and then just yeah her instrumentation the actual sound of the music is beautiful and her voice actually I want to ask you you're a trained like singer how do you rate her voice like what, what do you I mean, think of it it's incredible I've never heard the only other person that comes into my mind is Kate Bush in terms of the clarity the clarity and and the the pureness of her voice but yeah it still has it still has that emotion and that quality in it that feels real and feels raw and I I actually think as well it's is something that I was going to talk about as well with this song because it makes me a little bit sad that we don't, I feel we don't hear music recorded in this way anymore. Like, yeah, it's just, it's untouched. Yeah, her music is like, I mean, not only is she, like you say, she's just an incredible songwriter. It is ridiculous. I mean, I am jealous beyond words of how she can write music and get into music. Like you just said, those feelings, it's just, it's insane. And I think, there's a there's a jazz element as well that I was reading about her and she also kind of said that a lot of her music was closer to classical composition a lot of the the tuning the way she tuned a guitar was really unusual as well yeah, and that's, when you listen to her picking like you can hear like sound like notes in there that you wouldn't normally hear in a guitar I don't know I, I don't know I don't know the guitar well enough but yeah it's absolutely it is definitely lent from classical it sounds like it anyway yeah no no you're completely right and it's it's just this unconventional kind of tuning method that some other people have done but she I think she kind of also talked about how she tried to emulate other artists she loved but sometimes when she didn't quite get there she found her own way she found her own voice and that's something as well that I think is really inspiring about her whole her whole career is just you know, that she she wasn't afraid actually to be a little bit, be different and to be unique. But going back to the, the voice thing as well, yeah, I mean, the pureness, the way she jumps around notes and the way that it's just bang on every time, but like I say, still has that emotive quality. Is It's crazy. I mean, it's just, it's so amazing. And her backing vocals, like when you hear her doing her own backing vocals and she's kind of layering up like different, different Jonies on top of different Jonies, like it's absolutely like, and I think, yeah, she's, she's, well, you mentioned Kate Bush, like Pete, so many, Pete, so many amazing female and male, but female artists have been influenced by her. Clearly, I'm sure Kate Bush sat there listening to Joni Mitchell before she sort of wrote a lot of her stuff because you can hear it. And and yeah, I think it is sad that we don't hear that kind of 
rawness as much. I think we do hear it like there's a musician I photographed named Lucy Rose, and I think people like like she she's she does that kind of beautiful raw, untouched yet so powerful vocal, and people like Laura Marling and people like the Stave, but like they they really I think luckily I think Joni's and the other amazing folk folkies from back then their sort of legacy still inspires people but oh Joni also I have to say my daughter's name is Joni I know which (laughs) is the best name ever I remember when you told me as well and I was just like I was like I remember saying I was like that is just the best name ever like honestly (laughs) she's such a Joni as well like (laughs) yeah she definitely is a Joni (laughs) (laughs) well let's let's, we'll talk some more about it but let's have a listen to you know this amazing piece of music we're talking about this is Joni Mitchell's All I Want that take you back to being 19 again yeah it it does it takes well it takes me back to being 19 but it also takes me back to um what I imagined when I just listened to the song just then was um driving with a group of friends to a group holiday and all singing along at the top of our voices like along to Joni Mitchell because it's just it's actually a joyful she has songs that are so joyful to try and sing along to like they can be about the darkest things but you're just like whistling and oh yeah she's amazing um, and she has you know if we think that when was it released 1971 that you know that album you think the the talent 40 years is, old no 50 yeah. years old 50 yeah. years old and it, and it's just I mean also you think as a woman back then as well to really be you know I watched so many live performances of her and she'd be performing with like loads of other guys who are musicians and and it was just you could not deny the fact that it was like this person is so talented and just you could see everyone just looking at the way that she would play the guitar and for me even just someone singing and playing the guitar at the same time I find oh my my God. when I watch performances of her I'm like how are you doing that with your fingers whilst doing that with your voice and just standing there but also looking so composed as well like she's absolutely mes. her performance she stands so still but she's so mesmerizing she holds the space like in such and and her words her words fill your brain and her music just you know but it's not too much she doesn't like she's not overly produced she's just got very sparse little tiny pieces that just they just hold your attention she's yeah a true pro absolutely incredible I also think like, you know, you think about, I can't think of anyone as well where I often look at, say, for example, what, what someone's wearing or what the rest of the band are doing. or And I think she was just so iconic for just the purity of the talent and her voice. And I don't think we've seen that in a long, long time. Like we've, like you mentioned, you know, there are artists doing that now that have been inspired by that. And I, I love that there are people doing that still now, but I think she really must have, 
paved the way for so many other artists that have come through since. And, you know, you don't even pay attention to anything else. You're, you're so filled up with her music and her lyrics as well. Oh, my God, her like, lyrics, her lyrics. Yeah, so the, they're so haunting. <laughs> yeah, like from this, from this song, I'm on a lonely road and I'm traveling, 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 looking for something. What can it be? Oh, I hate you some. I hate you some. I love you some. And I love you when I forget yeah, about, about me. me. I mean, it's just that That's is the opening lines. I don't think I even have the words. Anything I say now, like, just feels like, like I can't even. <laughs> should, we start, should we start a Joni Mitchell fan club? Yeah, I don't think we'd be alone. I really don't think we'd be alone. <laughs> have you ever seen The Last Waltz, the film? No, I watched? haven't. What's okay. that? So, um, the the band named the band. Um, it was their final performance, and I. I think I'm correct in saying that Martin Scorsese directed it. I might be wrong. I might have to come back to you on that. And it's just, a, they decided to do this last performance and film it. And the band are singing all their tunes and they get up all these amazing guests, all their friends. So they've got, you've got like Ringo Starr, Bob Dylan, um, and loads and loads and loads, like Van Morrison. And they're all just having this great time on stage. And Joni Mitchell comes up and does this, Oh, I shall be released and she does it with Neil Young and they're just like shooting each other little looks on stage and you're just like it gives me to have been there and to have witnessed that firsthand anyone who was at that performance is the luckiest person alive because it was yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna send you the links I'm gonna yeah the last waltz I'm gonna direct you there <laughs> no I'd love to see that I'd absolutely because I think also that's why I feel like when she was around as well at least we were lucky that some things were filmed and we can still we can still listen and we can still see and we can still hear those things and I suppose also that's one of the questions that I wanted to ask you was like in your job you know you you capture those moments that are potentially historical and last forever and they're they're moments that that are, you know, so unique and they're captured, like you capture this, just this tiny, tiny moment in time. Do you ever feel like you, do you know when you take a picture, do you know that you're like, that's that's it, that's the picture or or that's something that I'm going to, do you know what I mean? I think so, I don't know, yeah. I've never thought about it like that, but I think sometimes, I think, yeah, the, the thing, one of the things that really influenced me to want to be a photographer, going back to that, was was sort of growing up looking at album covers and thinking how, you know, that person was there with that person and they photographed that person, which is a really obvious thing to say. But, um, yeah, things like jazz album covers really influenced me. And, yeah, that Joni Mitchell blue album cover of just her face is just stunning. Um, I think sometimes when you're taking photographs, you do know when you've, when, you've caught, when you've captured something. And sometimes you don't. Sometimes you come back to the edit or, like, you know, if you're shooting on film, for example, there's no 100% way of knowing until you get that film back. And um, and I think that's part of the beauty of photography is that sometimes, yeah, there's an element of magic. You can prepare and prepare and prepare and prepare. And then the last little piece is just the magic that happens. And I guess that's the same with music performance. I don't know if you agree, but prepare, 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 prepare. And then on the day, there's this little thing that you have no control over. You do because you're there singing or you're there taking the pictures, but there's an element of magic. And that's, that's, that's the glitter on the top. I think. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just I couldn't, no, I couldn't agree more. And I think, you know, without kind of sounding like I'm um a massive fan of yours, I think that's what you you capture people like in the most beautiful way, in the most real way, but still 
yeah, I just, I just always am blown away. Okay, so let's, okay, let's move on to your next song choice. This is your hype song. So this might be um, for people, a song you might listen to in the gym, or it might be something that you just listen to when, I don't know if you listen to music before you go and like photograph someone, you're like, yeah, let's go do this. You know, <laughs> and it's, it's a, a prodigy song. It's so, so good. Um, should we listen to it first? And then we can talk about, it. okay, so we're going to listen to the opening of um, Wind It Up, The Prodigy. Here it comes. How does it make you feel? Does it hype you up? Are we ready to go on a run? Now? I'm so ready. Right. So there's a funny. There's. So first of all, yes, this is a hype song in my life. The reason I chose it is because. So call back to my daughter Joni. She was born to this tune. Um, was she? Because, so so you know Joni's my first child. I didn't. I've never had a baby before, and I followed all the sort of you know hypnobirthing and onto NCT and we'd prepare and I with hypnobirthing they say you know bring some music with you and I thought you know yeah bring some ambient really peaceful and I got my partner Derwin who's a musician um he he makes music under the name of Gold Panda and so he's an he's an electronic music producer so he knows his stuff so I was like like dude make us a really he made this beautiful I'll send you the list it's the most beautiful ambient like amazing musicians very beautiful playlist fast forward to having the actual baby we were like a few hours in and the midwife was like uh laura you need to pick up the pace and yeah in the middle of labor (laughs) I, I, i remember i don't remember a lot but i remember this point very clearly and i remember saying to derwin derwin on my spotify playlist there's a playlist called loud shit you need to put it on. And on that playlist is <laughs> basically loads of the things I grew up like going out dancing, raving to, like jungle, techno, breakbeat, rave, uh, and everything in between. And um, yeah, we had a rave. We to get a baby out of my body. It turns out I need to listen to jungle and techno. That's I love it. And she was born to the prodigy. I honestly, that is genuinely <laughs> that is such a good story. I love it. Love that it's like, what did you get born to? Loud shit, basically. Loud shit. Okay, was, that's how it, it works. Loud shit. <laughs> and it's such, in, in a way, I wish that she'd sort of been born to, but actually, if you meet her, you can understand why she wanted to come out to that music. She's definitely, she loved the beat. She loves to go for it. So, um, yeah, I guess when you're giving birth, you go, you go into this such a primal space and yeah I was gonna say it does make sense like I I remember the I had three midwives who were sort of in there so there were two younger ones who were like listen to your body and I was like (laughs) no I don't want to yeah (laughs) and then this lady this lady called Sue came in and was like right it's gonna hurt it's gonna be rough but we're gonna get the baby out are you ready to do this and I was like yes Sue I'm ready and you kind of it's a pep talk it's the and that's why you need that she was your hype man 
yeah the midwife in my situation was my hype man it's like right the, the prodigy the, the prodigy were your hype people <laughs> That's so good. I love it though. And I mean, so for so this was obviously like a, a band originally from Essex, which I didn't know about either. But they were so was this something that you you know apart from obviously you know the beautiful story of giving birth to your daughter? Is it is it like you actually out you know yeah. raving? I was so the prodigy was part. I mean, yeah. So their first album was the Prodigy Experience, which is like this. This is what this came. This tune is from. I think that was in the early ninety two, and. Um, I was 10 at that stage, so I wasn't probably listening to The Prodigy yet. But by the time I got to secondary school, that album was heavily in rotation everywhere you went. And, you know, things like Happy Hardcore and um, Jungle and Drum and Bass, everybody. I grew up in Norfolk. A lot of us were listening to that in cars, driving around with, like, UV lights underneath and, you know, that kind of stuff and, and going out to all-nighters. And you know Norwich, I can tell you this. I've had many fond memories of driving down Prince of Wales Road with the prodigy blaring out of the car you know when like you're driving down with your mates on a Friday night and you're trying to impress people in the street so yeah I, I went to go and visit my partner when he was on a, a, a US tour me and my friend went for a drive driving holiday around California and sort of dropped in to see Doe and playing a show in LA a big festival and we're all backstage at this really it's a really cool festival you know it's like really just cool artists everywhere and we just plugged our, my phone into the aux cable in his little trailer. And we were playing some UK, you know, grime and UK, like, you know, some some drill and some trap and some R&B, like, but, you know, drum and bass versions. And so I've got the memory of us just blasting out Prodigy to this, like, you know, really, I think, I can't remember which artist asked to move. We, we made, an, we didn't make, but a, a, a well-known artist. I'll come back to you with who it was. I think I can remember who it was, but had to move trailers because we were pumping out too much, like, gritty rave. Um, so, you, were, yeah. you were pumping out too much fun before you were yeah, pumping we out. Were okay, the fun people. Wrong with that. <laughs> Everyone else was being too cool. Um, yeah, it's just been with it's been with me my whole t- my whole life. And yeah, when I'm driving down the motorway, I'll have it on sometimes. Sometimes Joni's in the back of the car listening to it. If I do need to like pick up the pace in my life somehow, I'll stick the prodigy on. Yeah, it's just just amazing. <laughs> so, I think we all do. I and I love yeah, but I love that you're saying you know that like your hype song as well can mean so much more than just something physical you know like you say if you need to just pick up the pace so you need to make a bit of a u-turn in your in the way that you're thinking it, it's a distraction as well and that's it's sort of the opposite I suppose from what we're talking about before with Joni Mitchell it's like this feels like for me it's like this way that you can literally kind of snap out of something and you can almost not focus on the music because it's just got a beat that's repetitive it allows you to kind of be elsewhere and I I also think it's you know with this as well with the prodigy um Keith Flint committing suicide in 2019 is again another. It was a few days after Joni was born, or like a week or something after Joni. Was there? Yeah, it was. Um, it was quite. It was very spooky, and obviously, it's. Oh, oh that's um, really tough. Yeah, like that's it, it, when it, you. It, you just had to hear it. I mean, yeah, like, I just think, yeah, it's so sad that suicide touches so many of us in so many ways, and it's such a massive loss and. Yeah, really sad. Really and I feel sad. like we're still we're still not in a place as a society where we can talk about it or say it that easily still. And I, I think we're getting there. But I do think it's it's like you say, so many people, everyone 
I've spoken to has in some way been affected by it and and even so much more sadly now as a result of everything that's happened in the world and so I think hopefully it is something that you know what comes out of COVID as well is there will be issues so big with mental health and well-being but I hope we can talk about it a bit more because there's so many people like you say who are affected by it yeah I've noticed that like even on the telly at the moment like I've noticed even on like ITV there's there's sort of primetime programs now where they're encouraging people to learn how to talk to each other and I think yeah things like I mean podcasts what an amazing tool that this has been during podcasts have kept me going through lockdown because I've been able to listen to other people like I've been listening to people like Brené Brown and Tara Brock and people like that who are just oh my god I love her I love her yeah so Brené Brown and Tara She's Brock amazing. and also podcasts that are maybe like slightly lighter but also like well people like yourself like you know you've done amazing podcasts but you always like talk to people really in depth about feelings and stuff like that and I've been listening to a lot of um Adam Buxton and Louis Theroux as well and it's nice to listen to people talk about stuff but when they really start talking about their feelings and stuff which I've noticed is the sort of the sort of yeah the ones that I listen to are people who really don't know what's the word just get into it and 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 so things like that are really going to be helpful yeah well, it's, it's real isn't it yeah I mean Brené Brown and Tara Brock have just been like oh they've just kept me going really kept me going I don't know Tara I don't know that I know Brené Brown and I've listened to a lot of her stuff and I genuinely like I, I'm not really someone who ever got into TED Talks but I watched hers and and I actually was like okay yeah I'm really interested in this. It's so good. And I, I think you're right. Like podcasts, because it's a space, there aren't any boundaries. So if you get into something and it feels right to talk about it or to, to get into that depth and Adam Buxton, oh my, what an amazing, like what an amazing character, what an amazing brain, you know, you can just see he's so interesting. Like yeah. amazing. No, I think, um, yeah, lockdown has been tough. And I think you're right. I think there, in terms of mental health, there are going to have been people who have fallen through the gaps and that is... I think that's going to be the sad reality of it. There have, but however, the double-edged sword is that like we've all learned to cope with, we've all well, a lot of us have had to learn to cope, and we found tools out there and people that we want to listen to and people we want to connect with. And so I think yeah, podcasts have been so, so you know, there's parenting ones out there. There's one like any subject you want to listen to, whatever your thing is. There's somebody out there you can connect with in that way. So in some respects, it's been the crappiest and in some respects we've been given a bunch of tools that are wonderful and yeah Keith Flint you know rest in peace like he was an absolute amazing person character and yeah thank you Keith for all the music that you've helped me birth babies with and yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly I think he would have absolutely loved that to know you know and I think you're right just what a force of energy force of nature and and change the music scene you know like a lot of the people we're talking about today were innovative in so many ways hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands and the best part 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Vernon Kay. And I'm Holly Mackay. And we're here to tell you about our brand new podcast, Parenting Past the Pandemic, brought to you by Aviva. Yes, we're going to be delving into a whole heap of parenting topics from the generational gap to online safety. And some of the big topics which have come up through the pandemic, such as helping to manage our kids' anxieties and how we can affect the world they'll grow into. Parenting Past the Pandemic. Find it wherever you found this podcast. This next artist you've chosen, I didn't know a lot about Sylvester as a like as a person, as a character, and I've like fallen in love. And this is a song that reminds you of good times. Let's um let's have a listen to it because I just I want to hear it because I love it so much. Um, so this is you make me feel mighty real, Sylvester. So good. So, um, I mean, I, you li- listen to this piece of music, I start smiling, you start moving, can't help it. So I'm not surprised this is a song that reminds you of good times, but is it a specific memory or is it kind of like a, an area of your life? Yeah, I think it's just, I think it's going out dancing, isn't it? Like it's, I can't remember the first time I heard it, but I can, I, I can remember many instances of dancing to it. Um, a friend of mine, also named Laura. There's a lots of us. There's a lots of us. There's lots of us. Laura Hurley, hello, if you're listening. Um, for a few years, we run a very small club night um, where we raise money for charity. Um, and we are not DJs. <laughs> we are not club night uh, runners, but we did it anyway in like really small East London venues. Um, and I remember before our first one, I was like making playlists and things like that. And I just remember thinking, how cool is it going to be if we get to play this tune at like the top, you know, peak volume, not peaking, 
not distorting, but you know, top volume. Um, and like all the sort of like, it reminds me of like, oh, you know, is anybody going to come? And like, and the first night we did, 180 people came through the door. And that was just like the best feeling. And I remember playing, we took, you know, we made loads of mistakes. We didn't, I accidentally played two Green Day songs back to back because they come very close to each other on the album, which is the best. <laughs> People were like, wow, you played two Green Day songs back to back. I was like, yeah, it's a mistake. Um, but I do remember <laughs> things like that happen when you're not a DJ because we're not professionals. But I do remember standing there and playing this tune and everybody was just having a lovely time. and just thinking yes this tune was made for this and yeah when you listen to the lyrics it's all about going out and dancing and then you know but somebody making you feel really good and you just feeling you know you want to go home with them and it's disco and it just encompasses all that is fabulous about going out to sweaty nightclubs and dancing and yeah what more can I say so good yeah no so good and I want to I want to give a bit of kind of space to talk a little bit very briefly and I don't know the full extent of it but just a little bit about his kind of his life and and how he came to be Sylvester so it's 1978 and he got into music found singing through his local gospel choir but he left because once people knew that he was gay he kind of had this very met with a lot of disapproval, you know, at that time in the, that kind of era as well and in church. And you can see then how he was sort of ousted in that way, joined a group of black cross-dressers and transgender women, and they were called the Disco Tays. And then he embraced this like counterculture. He joined avant-garde uh, drag troupe called the Coquettes, which was just amazing. His music, like he was just influenced by, you know, singers like Billie Holiday. You can hear he sings in a very high kind of falsetto range. And apparently people were saying to him, like, that's not the way to do it, you know, and he just was just so unique. And, you know, in the 70s as well, obviously with he sadly he died from the HIV AIDS and it was an epidemic at the time. No one knew anything about it. And so it must have been terrifying. And yet he was still he was like dubbed the queen of disco. He was just strong with, you know, gay rights activism. People just put him on this pedestal and rightly so. And I feel like it's so important to know that about an artist rather than just listening. You you love their music, but also to understand kind of where they've come from and how hard he fought as well to get that music. And I think as well, even still now, all the royalties from that track go to specific charities that help, yeah, you know, I help gay rights. I think I read that somewhere. Like that's yeah, that's just amazing. Yeah. yeah, amazing. Do you and do you now? Obviously, having heard that in clubs and reminding yourself of that. But do you do you dance with Joni? Because I dance with Ottilie all the oh, time. Yeah. There's certain songs she loves dancing. She, I, I'm so glad she loves to dance. She's got her own little dance. The thing is, because she's done a lot of growing up in lockdown, she's never really been. She's never really seen proper dancing. Like she's never been to. A, a, she's been to like little baby clubs and stuff. But, but I, I'm just amazed because she's got her own little dance moves that, and it just goes to show that like dancing is it's a real human thing. Like it's natural to us. Like we need to dance and we need to move our bodies. And, you know, I must admit like, so we've got a cut, we've got a list. I've got a list, the Spotify playlist for the car that is mostly Disney orientated. But when, when her, when her songs come on, like when I can't wait to be King, Lion King comes on, her little face lights up and she wants to dance. And I don't know if you've, uh, been subjected to baby shark like that's definitely um oh, yeah i haven't played it utterly yet. i haven't played it, to her, but I have had it with no you won't stop 
There's, I think, I think Baby Shark has had like eight billion views on on YouTube. I think, I think at least one billion is Joni having listened to it. So we're like Baby Shark. Um, <laughs> but yeah, going back to dance, she just she just moves, and it's really important, and it's lovely, and it's so much fun. And yeah, during lockdown, sometimes the only idea I've had for entertainment sometimes when you seem to have when I've run low has been right just stick the radio on we're just going to dance but yeah how nice yeah yeah I I couldn't agree more yeah Harry and I do it all the time and there's two songs um so send me on my way which is um you'd know it from Matilda the da 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 I want my way when she's making like the pancakes and then the, she uh, she's obsessed with that and then everywhere Fleetwood Mac or anything Fleetwood Mac like she's so cool oh, and she goes, like, that's nice. she goes like this and then she's like does this with her hands like yeah we, we do a lot of this yeah. <laughs> it's obviously what we want to do naturally yeah I love it she's she's and I I have to say like I'm not I'm not bragging about my own daughter. I mean, I'm sure we all do it anyway. Who cares? But I do think her rhythm is very good. Like she does clap in time for, for a few seconds. <laughs> I so think I'm like, it's one of the most joyful things. I think sometimes sometimes when I'm more mindful, I sort of write gratitude lists when I to try and get myself through certain days of the week when things are bad. And often on my gratitude list is Joni dancing. It's just, just watching little faces when they light up, when they're having fun. I know that you're so right. Literally, it's their face, and it's that change from <gasps> that excitement. And we don't let we don't let ourselves as we get older do that very much. Like but we I don't think, allow. Ourselves. But that's what I think that this Sylvester. When you're in a club and you hear that, and you're with the right people, and it's the right vibe, that is the same joy, isn't it? It's that childlike joy. It takes you to a. It takes you to your inner child. To uh, definitely, you know, it takes no, you definitely. There. And it's it's important because that's I think dancing with friends have been some of my most joyful moments ever in my life. And now I have a daughter to do it with, and I can't wait to take her to actual, you know, proper dancey things where she can, like, really, really let loose. I don't know how many more times I can listen to Baby Shark, but, you know, hopefully we can wean her on something else. Yeah, well, well we need to fade <laughs> that out of your playlist. We need to start, you know, <laughs> minimise. Baby Shark. Um, okay, so we're on to your, your last song choice here. Um, this is, again, I mean, another iconic piece of music. It's a song that reminds you of family. So set the scene a little bit for me. Um, you've mentioned classical music, which your dad used to play. Is, was this kind of Simon and Garfunkel? Was this music around the house when you were younger? Yeah, it was. So the album Bridge Over Troubled Water and the track I've chosen from that, the opening track, also named Bridge Over Troubled Water. Um, yeah, that album was one of the many records that was just around in the house and just it just takes me back growing up it was there and it was often being played and um what a track what a track it's um so we listen to it and then I'll like I'll have a little cry and yeah then- definitely. <laughs> yeah and it's the, we're gonna play the, the opening section as well because that's yeah with the piano it's just gorgeous Uh, 
that makes me feel quite emotional actually <laughs> it always does that I don't know what yeah it's in a yeah I mean what can I say it was um yeah it's from an album that was always often being played around the house and also when you're growing up you know we didn't have the internet or anything so it was just like what selection of music was there was what selection of music was there there was no so you got used to like listening to the same albums over and over. And I think, I don't know if it was my dad's or my mum's album. I don't think it could have been my dad's album because he, he professes that pop music stopped being good in 1964. I don't know what happened in 1964, <laughs> but according to Trevor Lewis, didn't go anywhere after that. So, and this was from the 70s. So it must be my mum. <laughs> don't know what, we have to find out what happened. That's one of the, that's a, that's a quote you need to hold. You need to totally hold on to wrong. that quote for a he's, long time. He's totally right. I thoroughly disagree. But um, anyway, he's, he's written Joni Mitchell off for starters. He's I mean, that up, needs to be sorted he's out. Of all my choices <laughs> by just saying that. So, <laughs> no, Dad. Um, yeah. So it was always around this album, and I have like fond memories of like you know being little and sort of dancing to the more up tempo numbers, like you know Cecilia or Baby Driver. I always promised myself that the first car I ever owned, I would drive. I would play Baby Driver in it when I was driving around I don't think I did but you know that was always my wish do you remember do you remember what your first car was uh, so well technically speaking my first car was a Citroen BX which for those of you who know what a Citroen BX is, is a very boxy weird Citroen um but I never got to grips my dad was trying to teach me to drive and like that was not a good combination so we sort of sacked that off um <laughs> I actually got a yeah didn't really go anywhere yeah um, no it never is like harry harry taught me um or start like started off teaching me because i didn't drive because we <laughs> yeah yeah started didn't finish definitely not i mean it's very intense situations there was no music in the car at that time but yeah i always had like a i wanted to play that in the car but bridge over troubled water is such a tune just it starts off that opening piano like you know i think i was during a very boring summer holidays when I was a teenager I taught myself to play that intro like it took a long time I remember I'm not good at practicing so it was very <laughs> I was very bored and it's such a beautiful melody and the song just it starts off so little but it gets bigger and it gets bigger and it's just constantly crescendoing until the end of the tune when those strings are like at their peak and it just finishes on such a big bang like I can't remember what is that when things just keep, what is it in classical music where things keep getting bigger and then in Valentando, like, like that at the end? Uh, yeah, it's like a massive crescendo. And then, yeah, if it slows up at the end, and big moment. So, yeah, and just the, you know, the message of, you know, whatever happens, I'm going to be there for you, basically. Um, which is, you know, that's been my experience. Like, you know, no, perf- no family is perfect. And, but I can honestly say that, you know, at times in my life when I've really needed help and I have had times in my life where, I, you know, I've definitely like had my destructive moments and I've caused chaos. And but there's been times in my life where I picked up the phone, like absolutely beside myself and said, Dad, can you come and pick me up? And he's always done it. Or, you know, to my mum, like, you know, ringing her at three in the morning because I'm upset about a boy and it's 3 a.m. And I've forgotten it's her birthday. She still answers the phone. And that, you know, that's that's what sort of family is about, really. Is well, there's also, you know, other elements as well. So that's what I love about this tune, and um, 
and just yeah Simon and Garfunkel what an interesting combination of people they ended up hating each other for a while you know it was just I know yeah completely I know and I I find it hard to sort of talk about them as artists because it is it feels like it was so complicated but maybe also that's again where where this great kind of these great musical moments came from you know and I think it's also hugely um kind of complimentary to them as well that literally as soon as this track came out you know it was covered by Elvis Presley I it was covered put by in the Aretha version um, I nearly submitted the Aretha yeah. version for this because oh. so like so good but also I feel like you know the Jackson 5 Supremes Peggy Lee I feel like that's the ultimate compliment when you get if you're if you're a everyone songwriter wanted to do it <laughs> everyone was like this is good this is good. We must do it. Yeah, no. Yeah, and I think I, I think you're right that people, you know, again released like 1970. But I think you're you're right in the sense that I imagine lots of people as well will be listening to this now. You know, this is really it was used as a Grenfell charity version in 2017. I think Stormzy did like an introduction thing to it. Yeah, but but actually for me, aside from that version, I think it was it was right for the time and for what it was for. But I also think now people will be reliving and finding this music again finding new ways that's what's so exciting about music is that you know one day to the next you can take something different from the lyrics or from the music you'll hear something different and I think this song as you say it it's this slow build all the way to the end this massive crescendo at the end and and I every time I hear it I forget parts of it I I hear new things and I think that is what is perhaps the most exciting thing about this particular about their writing maybe um and they're but just this I, together as well like the like the whole out I mean all their work but that album in particular just the way that the, the harmonies and the the way that their voices complement each other and to then know how strained their relationship became as well is a really kind of fascinating I don't know and that that is why I am a solo that's why I'm a solo artist <laughs> and I don't sing on my own yeah <laughs> Okay, so we're we're at we're we're getting towards the end of the podcast, sadly, because I think this has literally been my favourite ever recording of music in my life. Um, Genuinely, like, and by this is the point where I make a song suggestion for you. It's the bit where I yeah I get so nervous about it because I'm like I feel like there's a lot of pressure, Um, but also I kind of thought so I tried to find something modern because I know we've been talking about music from from you know years and years ago but I tried to find elements that you've loved of that music so this is very much um for me an artist who I also actually played with about I think it was about 12 years ago uh he came to a wedding and I was singing and he was playing the guitar um and he's now very well known Bruno Major and he is like he he turned up with a guitar he his car had broken down he had to walk the last mile yeah it was like this classic kind of disheveled musician arrived but he had something and i remember we did a cover of the Maccabees toothpaste kisses for this couple's first dance and i remember thinking then i was like this guy is very talented um but that was years and years ago and now He's got a jazz background, but I feel like also, although his music is produced, it's still produced in a way that feels real. And he also puts in elements of the harmonies that we kind of talked a little bit about, you know, with Joni Mitchell, a bit of the Simon and Garfunkel, these kind of crunchy, lovely harmonies. And it's really hard because I always think, you know, 
it's hard for me to play a section of a song for you to get the whole feeling. But oh, this no, one... I will go away and listen to it. Properly. I do not know yeah. this tune or I don't know of him. So yeah, I'm excited. This is exciting. So he's um, Dot, Dot Major from London Grammar. It's his older brother. And so he's kind of always been, um, yeah, he's always been kind of in the shadow, I think, maybe of his of his old uh, of his younger brother sorry and I think this also visually the the video for this as well is a black and white um landscape and it's a swarm of birds like moving around Collaboration. yeah and visually uh, visually for me as well I was like I think this is something that you would find really beautiful and quite simple but very moving so anyway I'll stop talking and we can have a little listen to some of it I'll play you a bit more than we're meant to because then we'll cut it down anyway so here it comes it's called the places we won't walk Children cry and laugh and play Slowly held tight to grey We will smile to end each day In places we won't walk He's got range. Yeah, he's got he's really, really high. <laughs> he's really high, but also just like, and and all of his music's quite different. So it's hard to find. There's definitely a theme, but it's hard to find like one song that explains what he does. But I feel like the harmonies in it, and anyway, you know, it's something I that I'm excited to listen to more. I'm not familiar yeah. with his work, so I'm gonna. I will do my homework for this. I will do my practice, <laughs> and I shall <laughs> listen to him, and I shall get back to you with my thoughts. <laughs> I won't forget my books. Yeah, <laughs> listen. Laura, you are, I just, I have, I, I love you to bits. I think that your song choices are amazing. And I think, as I said at the start, you're such a beautiful person. You have a beautiful family. And I'm so delighted that you have been able to be my guest today. It genuinely has been my favourite episode. I don't think I stopped smiling. Oh. and Celeste, yeah. you know, it's so, back, back at you, man. Like, for me too. This is, oh, no, it's been an absolute pleasure. What, thank you. I'm very grateful to have been asked. And, yeah, like I said, like, podcasts have got me through this. So to have been asked to sort of sit and dribble what's in my brain out to people, like, <laughs> you know, it's flattering and nice. So thank you for asking me. And, yeah, I love your work. And, yeah, it's nice to talk to somebody who also has a small person and a family yeah. and, you know juggling juggling all the plates yeah so well i'll think of you when you're hearing baby shark later on instead of jane just just don't start anyone who's thinking about starting listening to baby shark don't start it's a slippery (laughs) song well thank you so much and um yeah we'll see see you very soon take care of yourself thank you bye thank you (laughs) i really hope you've enjoyed today's podcast And I'd love to hear about your favourite piece of music. So make sure you pop a comment on Apple Reviews with your song choice and the story behind it. I'm going to be reading out some of your stories in an upcoming Minnesota. Also, we've now put our guest song choices in the show notes. So if you want to hear any of their songs again, you can find them there. Thanks so much, guys, and see you next time. 
Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.